Welcome to Stronger Than Failure, where we provide you with in-depth interviews with entrepreneurs on their struggles, victories, goals, and how they got started. We also give you the best tips, hacks, and information on sales, network marketing, credit, and mindset mastery. Now, here's your host, entrepreneur and author, Danny Cole. What's up, Stronger Nation, and welcome back to another episode of Stronger Than Failure, your platform for motivation, personal growth, and entrepreneurship. I am your host, Danny Cole, and with me is Blake, making healthcare affordable, Barber. Man, that was kind of a weak intro compared to well, last week, baby. I, well, was... I was just kind of thinking about, you know, if you get back into fighting, I want to introduce you this way. That's going to be your <laughs> fighting name. That way, for your opponents, they know where to go. Yeah, you know, one time... Um, it used to, that used to be a joke because what I did uh, for my career versus what I did for my uh, fun time, my coach, he would uh, introduce it as uh, beat them and treat them. Because <laughs> <laughs> legit, one night we were, we were training with this kid and, and I opened up his face pretty good. Uh, I think he ate one of my knees or something. Uh-huh. It was about 10, 30, 11 o'clock at night. You know, none of those guys, they got no insurance. And so he, I mean, yeah. he was bleeding pretty bad. So we stuck a, you know, stuck his fist on it for, you know, about 30 minutes to get to the clinic. So at midnight, 1.30, I was sewing this kid's face up after I had opened it like two hours before. So it was hey, a it's a joke. full circle. There you go. <laughs> yeah. yeah uh, all right. See, I, I got the right guy on my corner then. <laughs> no, that was, that was many years ago. Well, everybody, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for being part of the family. We love you. We appreciate you. And if you like this show or any show that we have done, please make sure you tell everyone about it. Why? Because... Everyone is stronger than failure, and everyone deserves to listen to this show. And because of that, we have got a great show for you today. You are going to love our guest. You're going to love her energy, her story, her journey, everything. Today's show, we have got the owner of Step and Free Stables, Stephanie Russell Free. Stephanie was born into the horse family. She's third generation. Her grandfather was a huntsman hunting hounds in Charlotte, North Carolina until he was in his 70s. Her father trained horses after returning from Vietnam until his passing in 2012. And her uncle was an alternate for the American Olympic team in the 80s. I mean, that's a lot right there. My eyebrows are raised. Yeah. Oh, this, the bio keeps going. Hold on. Well, let me yeah. grab something. <laughs> Look, she began riding as soon as she could walk, spending every hour she could at the barn. Later, she was working for a father training, and she was given a college scholarship from a private family and when she was riding for them. Her business grew when she started her own business when she was 20. It was 20? Re- 20. In 2020 or 20 years old? 20 years old. <laughs> That's a baby. She was a baby. Dude, she and was it, a hustler. Hustler. She was born into the business. She's no a horse she, hustler. She, was, she knew what she was doing. Okay, read on, man. I, <laughs> Let's I like do this. it. All right. The first business she started was Sprint Away Hunters in Ostella, Georgia. And then by 22, she moved over to Sharpsburg, growing the business even more where she founded Bridges and Boots Horse Show Association on the south side of Atlanta and sat as vice president of the Georgia Hunter Jumper Association. Then it goes on. There's My a browser oh, still up. I'm here. digging the name Bridges and Boots. Did you come up with that? I did. I like that. Wait to hear what that was about and what it was for. That's even more motivation right I'm, there. I'm dude. still holding on. Dude, you love it. <laughs> All right, well, currently, and this one time my entrepreneurs put a lot of hours in, Currently, she travels 160 days a year horse showing, including elite show jumping horse shows owned and operated by her youngest brother, Vic Russell. She enjoys shows even more because she gets spend time with her clients, her daughter, Victoria, which is also like her sister, 
her brother Bill Russell, who has a farm in Douglasville, and her sister Liza Munoz. Munoz. I always get the name mixed up. Who has a farm over in Chat Hills. So, I mean, the whole family is full of entrepreneurs. They've been in the horse business forever. And I cannot wait to hear your story. So, Stephanie, welcome to the show. Well, thank you guys for having me. Well, I would say, how did you get started? It looks like you was born for this. Uh, yeah, I, I kind of didn't have a choice, but I loved it from the very beginning. I feel so fortunate that I was able to do that. You know, a lot of people don't get to live their passion. I was born into it and thankful for every day. Yeah, wow, what a blessing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Most definitely. Most definitely. So, now you started early. At 20 years old, you started your first business. So tell me how everything went like from the, like the very beginning. How, tell the story of how you got started with it all. So I worked with my dad, and when I was 19, 20, I had my trainer's license at Birmingham, Alabama. Actually, my assistants, because you couldn't have two in the family, and since we were all doing it, my dad was the trainer and we were the assistants. And now, is that, I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt, but I, that's that's kind of an interesting, that's some sort of law that you can't have two trainers in the same family. So at a racetrack, so there's not a conflict oh, of interest, God. so that my dad and I weren't running horses together against each other, you know, to kind of protect the owners that own the horses. Right. Gotcha. So you can have a main trainer and then your assistants, but I passed the test with a 98, so I would have gotten my trainer's license, but they didn't allow you to have it. So I had an assistant, so my brother Billy had an assistant license. So if you went to another organization or another track? If I had gone to another track, yeah, I could have had my trainer's license, as long as my dad wasn't listed as our main trainer in there, in the family. So, But my heart wasn't there. My brother Billy loved it, and my dad loved it. But I'd always, I'd grown up jumping, riding the jumping horses, and that was just my passion. Mm-hmm. And uh, I loved teaching, and I knew that at an early age because when I was eight years old, one of the queen's ladies-in-waiting came over to ride with my dad in Thompson, Georgia. And I was out there directing her, telling her what to do. Had no clue who this woman was, right? She'd flown over from England. Oh, wow. You know, <laughs> here I am out there teaching her. So <laughs> my my love for teaching started really early. And, um, I, you know, I'm just every day blessed that I get to do that. But, it, you know, from there, working with my dad, I knew I wanted to get back into it for myself. And so I started... Uh, teaching a little bit and we got married and my husband and I got married Damon and um you've been married for a while now haven't you it'll be 31 years in May congratulations 33 yeah we're we're really blessed there too and you guys don't look much over older than 30 (laughs) I like you I like you so a little plug of what the (laughs) do for you as far as your your health Uh, you love what you do uh, you're gonna stay looking young amen um but anyway, so we, um, I started teaching a little bit, then we got married, and I knew that's what I wanted to do, so I, I got another job to kind of help fund us while I was making it work, and then, you know, we, we just kind of took it from there. I started training, and you know, I'll, I'll hold that thought then, one second, because again, like we talk yeah, about a that's lot. That's a very of, important thing she just kind of yeah, glazed over. Here. Yeah, because yeah. so many people want to start their own business, but don't want to work two business. They don't want to have to work for them, you know, work for themselves and go to a nine to five. I worked as a receptionist. Yep. Really? I knew, I knew the number of kids that I needed to teach. And until I could get to that point, I knew I had to, you know, I had to have some kind of funding to keep me going. And this was in that same age span Mm -hmm. of the Mm -hmm. the early twenties. So Mm -hmm. you you had a vision even at that 
age, yeah. which is wow. Yeah, I always okay. kind of knew, you know, what I wanted and who I wanted to be. And, you know, I'm a very goal-oriented person. So that was kind of one of those things. And, and we made it happen, you know. We, we started out with a trailer that uh, – I'm, I'm kind of getting ahead of myself oh, maybe. No, but good. Um, we started out with a trailer, and my grandmother gave me a little bit of money. It wasn't much. And we went and dug an old tra- horse trailer out of a field, literally. Really? Literally. And uh, I drove it home, and uh, he had a truck when we got married, and I had a little bit of money to get a trailer, and we bought the trailer and dug it out of the pasture. And um, I, w- I won't forget, I told Danny this story, but um, there was one of our clients wanted to go to the 4th of July parade in Peachtree City, and I didn't want to do it because I didn't want to give up my holiday because I gave up every weekend to go to horse shows and stuff. And he said, oh, let's do it. The kids will have fun. So... She, we charged him $15 to take him Sharpsburg to Peachtree City, and she wrote the check, and then the check had a little note that said, I hope this goes for another trailer. I was hot. I was so upset because what she didn't know is every single day my husband worked from 5.30 in the morning to 7 o'clock at night and came home and sanded on that trailer. Every night he sanded on that trailer to make sure that my horses were safe and I had the tools that I needed to work. And, you know, that that was huge. It was huge. And it sounds like he gave her a discount just traveling a horse over $15. That was a long time ago. Yeah, I was about to say that. (laughs) (laughs) Life's a little different now. (laughs) (laughs) It's a little different. That was a long time ago. I was 20. Um, But, you know, it, it takes a lot, and you have to persevere. You know, you have to keep going. And now I'm proud to say I can haul 15 horses at one time. I've got great equipment you know and but i had to work to get there and it took a lot of work i didn't just wake up one day and we had what we have today for sure and i love that right there like we talked a little bit right before going on air coming from nothing to having what you have now you know like you said digging that trailer out of that field having to pull it damon sanding on it getting to where it needs to be at and then where you can pull 15 at a time now that's that's a huge blessing that's a huge trailer well, I've got three rigs, so. No. Oh, okay. So yeah. that's, I was like, my gosh. <laughs> yeah, how long? Man, hey, listen. I'm trying, because I got a trailer, and I'm thinking, what? I got three rigs. No, when we were, when we were kind of getting established and getting there, and I had a lot of clients who would say, why don't we get an 18-wheeler? And I said, oh, Lord, I don't want that payment, you know. Just, just let's keep trudging along like we are. But, yeah, I have full-time staff that help me, and, you know, we travel and stuff, so. See, that yeah. is awesome. That shows this, you know, like, <clears throat> the vision that you had, knowing that you had to do the, the receptionist job to supplement the income. But you had to, we talk about it all the time, and every entrepreneur on here talks about the goal that they had. You've got to have that vision, a crystal clear vision of what you want to have if you're going to achieve it. Yep. And you had it and you worked for it. And I'm, that's, that's amazing. I'm happy mm-hmm. for you. And just a real fine point um, from my perspective, because a lot of people deal with this, and I, I'm recently dealing with it when, because you just, talked about hiring a full-time staff. I'm assuming some of those people are trainers as well. Um, I have, so my daughter is an assistant, and then um, we have two others that come in because we, we host the Georgia Tech Equestrian team at our farm as well. Um, when, when Does that I mean was, you board them or you, when you? No, we coach them. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah. And your so daughter. My, my daughter's the head coach for the Georgia Tech Equestrian team, and then she has an assistant, Paige Harvey, and Paige is a wonderful, wonderful help to our crew, too. And that's news to me. I had no idea mm-hmm. when my youngest daughter was looking at colleges, one of the things that she was played a big part on her decision was 
you know, equestrian right. team. And, and so, you know, when mm-hmm. she found Auburn, she fell in love, but had no idea. She'd even looked at Tech, but had no idea that Tech, I guess, because yeah. of its location or that it was had an equestrian team. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A, a lot, I think that's one of the things that a lot of people don't realize, and, and it's really kind of coming into play. My daughter was offered a full ride to the University of Tennessee at Martin, and people don't know that, that we have those options now. Mm-hmm. And I think in... in it's a great thing for young women, right. you know, um, it's considered a, a woman's sport in college, but it gives them an avenue. You know, these kids work really hard yeah. and put in a lot of hours. And when she did go to school, she had to train like a football player. Mm-hmm. She had to, yeah, she had to have eight hours in the gym and eight hours in the, like, study halls, just like those, on mm-hmm. top of her riding. Wow. Yeah. yeah. I know she does extremely well, and I'm proud of her as well. Yeah. They have a bunch of stories. And, again, yeah. I didn't know she was the head coach at Tech. Mm-hmm. I was like, wow, I was blown away by that. At Not 20, to mention the after the hours. It, yeah, it uh, started at 23. Uh, She's 25 now. The, some of the other coaches would go, come up to her and say, are you a student? She's like, no, I'm a coach. <laughs> Y'all got to be proud of her. You and Damon got to be proud of her. We're very – our kids are wonderful. Our son's a Kennesaw studying construction management. So, oh, Way to go. Yeah. We're both, we're really proud Man, of that. the fruit though. didn't fall far from the tree, did it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> now, I know I'm going to bounce around a little bit because I got a question. Um, boots and bridges, right? Mm-hmm. So we just got to talking about coming from nothing, making something of yourself, working really hard for it. So I'm sure along the way you've seen people who wanted to do certain things but were, un- were unable to. So tell me about the boots and bridges. Like, what was that about? So, you know, I think, I think as someone who's having their own business sometimes you have to find ways to recreate yourself and on the south side we had a great need because our sport is an expensive sport and not everybody can do it to the levels of others you know um we were really lucky we worked really hard to get our daughter she was number two in the nation when she was 10 and but that took a lot and not everybody can do that so you know, I was looking around, I was like, okay, what avenues do I have to grow my business and what is needed in our area? We have a need for a lower level, of, uh, not a lower level because that's not what I envisioned. We had a, a need for a less expensive way to, for these kids to get the same experience right. as, as these children who are traveling to Washington, D.C. Yeah. and we're showing in downtown the Verizon Center on 6th Avenue in Washington, D.C., not everybody can do that. But also, too, maybe those kids need a foundation of somewhere to start. Where do they start? We needed something. So that's how I came up with what's called Bridges and Boots. And I founded that in the 90s. And then I had quit for a little while, came back, and because I did, I, it was still going on, but I was on doing some different bigger things. And when I came back, it had kind of fizzled out. And I started another association with friends of mine called Southern Hunter Jumper of Georgia. And it's still currently going with the same kind of idea. Here's a place to start. Get your feet wet. You know, if you like this, there's bigger things out there if you want to. If you're not, you know, it's different for everybody. And I really, truly believe in our sport. We, you know, if it's just for you to go ride, you want to trail ride, you want to ride western, you want to do drill team, whatever it is you want to do, horses are wonderful therapy. But growing my business at the time, I was like, okay, how can I grow? What do we need? And there was a need for it, and, you know, that's how it came to be. 
And see, that's amazing. And that's another thing we talk on the show when you and I talked about beforehand was entrepreneurship and entrepreneurship, the mindset is finding a need and filling that need with whatever you can supply it with. Right. And so uh, that's a great part of marketing. That's a, that's one of the great questions Blake always asks is, you know, what's your marketing strategy? What are you doing? You know, how did you grow the business? And that's an amazing way to do it. You know, what does it need? How can I fill that? And then another thing that we talked about before is that's going to be a legacy even long after, you know, we're gone is helping other people to get to that next level. Right. So that's awesome. Right. Well, and I think too that some people make the mistake of thinking that once you get to a certain place in life, things are just going to kind of stay the same. It's not like that. The economy changes, you know, people move, people this, people that. You you know, you have to figure out a way to kind of recreate yourself. You know, you have to figure out a way to make yourself a job when you're, you know, out doing something like I'm doing. And that's fascinating that you mentioned that because to your point, you know, when the economy does change, specifically speaking in, in our present time, for a downturn, right, where people have to tighten their belts, pardon the pun, for uh, financial reasons, um, the first things that they cut out are the luxuries. Absolutely. And so what you provide is a luxury. Yeah, it would be considered a luxury, and that would be one of the first pieces of fat to get trimmed. Right. And so, it's an expensive luxury. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Don't I know it? <laughs> um, it's, so that's, that, you know, to your point when you were talking about marketing, when you have that situation and, and you start having customers pull away for financial reasons, I'm assuming, I don't know the class of, uh, you know, like we were talking about before the show, you know, I, I kind of ride in a different sort of uh, uh I guess maybe discipline. culture, yeah, yeah. discipline mm-hmm. than you do, and I'm not familiar with English. You know, we because we're the guys. After you guys leave the stables at your competition, we're the guys that come in and clean it for us <laughs> for our 4-H money, clean your stalls. <laughs> so, I guess I'm, I'm making an assumption here. Correct me if I'm wrong, but when when the economy does take a downturn, does that hurt you in your business? It can, it can. It it it, it reflects a lot of things. So you know. Um, some of the stuff that we do is commission-based, too, you know, when we're buying and selling. And, um, it, you know, it, it, this is a funny scenario. So we bet our stall with shavings, right? Yes, ma'am. When the economy got really bad, my shavings prices went up. And I said, why, you know, why are my shavings going up? Everything is down. Well, the um, construction people were trying to still build and they needed to find ways to lower their cost. So they were using press board. Well, guess what press board is made out of? Shavings. You know, so all of that is kind of relevant, you know, to, to what the expenses are. So, you know, things were going up and in turn, I'm trying to maintain my business to where people can afford it, you know, and not go up on them when, you know, everything the economy does, Mm -hmm. you know, it's directly like I find that if houses are selling, my business is good. Mm -hmm. If the market's not moving, same thing. People aren't spending money. So yes, it can. I have, I have been so lucky that, you know, I've tried to keep my cost for what we're doing, you know, as inexpensive as we could and, you know, to roll the dice. And you just have to adjust, you know, you have to adjust when that right. happens. But, yes, it does. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm definitely a luxury, you know. And so just like uh, the, the old cliche about the squirrel putting their nuts up for the winter, I'm sure that's that's a very, very. It's huge. Right. It's huge. I've had a lot of people say, you know, say to me, 
you know, how do you do that? And I said, I just had to plan, you know, I had to be ready. I have to have, you know, two weeks of pay put away because I'm a luxury, you know, if, if people are going to decide, are they going to pay their power bill? Or are they going to pay their board bill? I can promise you you're going to pay their power bill before they're going to pay their board bill, <laughs> you know? No, and that's another thing I hear a lot about it. Cause you know, I had, I have a pretty big piece of property and I had talked about doing my kids almost talked me into boarding at one point but my fear is when the economy takes a downturn that I'll get stuck with horses that people just aren't going to pay the board has that ever happened to you yeah and what do you do not not often well it hasn't happened often but when it did happen I mean we obviously we have the ability to train it and sell it or use it in lessons you know for me, obviously, I love what I do, and I love the animals, but they're also a tool. Mm-hmm. You know, they yeah. they are a piece of work equipment. For sure. But at, at the end of the day, I love them, and I take care of them. I tell all my clients, I say, these are my horses. You just pay the bills and get to come and ride them, but they belong to me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because we do care about them. But there's no money in the boarding business. There isn't. Mm. If you ever think about doing it, think twice. <laughs> The money, the money yeah. that's made is in the teaching and the lessons and, you know, the traveling and stuff. Yeah. But um, it, it's just not because of the overhead. And people don't realize. They think, oh, I'm writing you this big check every month. But it definitely, it costs a lot, mm-hmm. you know, to maintain. Yeah, we sat down and did the math. And, and for mm-hmm. us, the boarding would just barely pay for the, yep. to replace the grass. Exactly. And the ground that would get destroyed. <laughs> and oh, that wow. $16 yeah. fence board that yeah. they broke when mm-hmm. they were. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, it, it, it is. It's a tough industry. I wanted my clients to sit down the table with me, and he had the highest score in the accounting bar for years until just recently and decided he was going to become an attorney. He did, that, did the accounting for a year and then became an attorney. And he sat down the table with me, shook my hand, and he said, Hi. He said, I don't, I've done run these numbers. I don't know how you make this work. And I, just, <laughs> <laughs> I said, We're going to get along just fine. <laughs> <laughs> They're great people, really, really good people. But he, you know, he's a smart man. <laughs> Sounds like it. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Now I got a question. Um, if you like, what advice would you go back and give yourself when you first started when you're 20 years old? If you could go back, what do you wish you'd have known then that you do know now? So, I really think that what I would have told myself is to enjoy the people that I had around me. You know, through my journey. Because I've been so blessed. And, and now that I'm, you know, older, when you're young, you think you have so much to prove and so much to achieve. And you look back and the people that come to me now and the, the impact that what I do had on their lives mm-hmm. and how it changed some of them and how sometimes it was a thing that got them through, you know, a hard day or with kids, you know, a hard time mm-hmm. at home. I think I would have... I would have just been a little more aware of how much I appreciated them. I always knew that I loved them and I appreciated them, but I would I would definitely tell myself, you know, be aware of who is around you because I had no idea my passion would impact people the way that it does. And I feel like I have been by far more rewarded every day, you know, than than I could even tell anybody just by, you know, family sharing their lives with me so definitely would be to you know time is short with people enjoy it you know be I love aware. that answer yeah well said you know when talking about the luxuries while ago you know if somebody has an extra three or four thousand dollars a month to spend on a luxury 
would they, you know, where would that money be better spent on, on you know, a, a Ferrari car payment or, you know, some fur coats or a big nice house payment or, you know, your service. And I think as There's far as the money spent, what would they get in their heart and soul to have their cup filled and runneth over? Mm-hmm. And there's not a yeah. day that by goes far. by that I'm not aware of that exact mm-hmm. statement that they choose to be there with me and spend it with me. I'm not unaware of it. And I'm, I'm thankful, you know. But they are as well. Once yeah. again, because, you know, that car can't fill their cup like you do well, with what you provide. I get much more back from it than I give, I guarantee you. It's <laughs> awesome. You are, so your thing is you're an amazing person. You, Damon, y'all's whole team, everything. And like Blake was saying, yeah, it's just a testament of who you are and the energy that you give out because, like I said, the more you give, the more you're going to receive in return. And you cannot outgive God, and we both know yeah. that. Amen. So it's amazing how you bless other people and how they bless you in return. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, I got two questions left. One, like the show is stronger than failure, something you I talked about. So, like, what is, like, what is your greatest failure? What is something that you failed at, and what did you learn from it? So, good question. It's a good question. It's definitely a good question. <laughs> now, listen here. I almost made her not come into the show yeah. tonight. <laughs> so, Danny, Danny gave me this question before, and I and it it I had to really think about it. I really did. But failure wasn't an option, and that's Love it. that's. That's the, you know, and I think that's why I couldn't answer it until I really just resigned myself to tell you failure wasn't an option. You know, I, I, you just back up and you punt. You know, you don't ever give up. Don't ever give up. If you've got a detour around, it just wasn't an option. You know, and I, and I, I jokingly call myself the queen of improvision. But I think that that's been, that's been something that's helped me through every day of my life. You know, if you hit a, a whole a funny story, um, Damon and I, wedding day, preacher didn't show up. Really? It's a true story. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> and, uh, so people was like, okay, that's a sign. You two said not. Come the, back and punt. Yeah, they, were, they were freaking out, right? And I'm the bride. I'm sitting on a car completely dressed and, you know, all ready. And um, I just... Sit, I'm sorry, you said sitting on the car. Yeah, because so they I'm were going to drive me around the oh. farm on the back of this convertible, you know? And there's 250 people out there. They're serving drinks because my dad had won a race the month before and it was free alcohol was the prize nice. so he's serving everybody drinks my dad's sweating he's a nervous wreck he's my husband's a nervous wreck and uh, i just laughed and i said you know what this is this is kind of typical of my life i'm getting it over with today and i'll be married forever like you know you just roll it. with it you roll with it and everybody was worried to death about what i was gonna think but you know what you just gotta you, it's not an option. Failure's not an option. Was it going to happen one way or the other, and we were going to make it happen? What? What's the? How did this end? What happened? Yeah. Do you really want to know? What happened? <laughs> yeah. Well, we're married. I think everybody wants to know. <laughs> the preacher actually committed suicide. Shut oh, wow. it! Oh, no. oh my god! I did not expect that curveball. <laughs> Shut. <laughs> I mean, it's, I told you I could be here for hours. Man. I get the stories I could tell you, but that's a true story. And they and they found somebody out of the phone book and 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 <laughs> so out of the phone book they caught 
And they were, they had, I still have the vows written down where they were trying to remember because they were just going to perform them. And my grandmother said, this is not right. This is not right. And I'm like, grandma, we'll get married. A priest will marry, a preacher will marry us. We just, this is for show so we can have the party afterward. You know, I'm getting married. So was it like an Elvis guy from Las Vegas? No. (laughs) (laughs) That would have been a good story. That would have been a good story. But no, it wasn't. So now all of my students, as they've grown up and gotten married, I'm like, you know, they're all worried about what could happen on their wedding day. I'm like, look, let me tell you what happened. (laughs) You'll be fine. (laughs) And a preacher committed suicide. No, they what is the... God. That's really a true story. It really is. His first name wasn't Ray, was it? <laughs> I don't even Ray. remember. God. Goodness. Well, I, again, I love your answer to as far as to, you know, failure is not an option. I love that right there. Because, again, and that's one thing, that's kind of really the premise of the show, right? It's stronger than failure, knowing that failure is not an option. We're all going in Canada. No one is immune to life difficulties, no one's financial or spiritual walk, whether it's relationships, health, whatever. No one's immune to life difficulties. And it's a matter of just having the right mindset. Like on your wedding day, have Things the right are gonna mindset. Things going to happen. Yeah. Just, yep. Just, life happens. Yep. Mm-hmm. You just got to, like I said, improvise. Be ready for it. Yep. Keep moving forward. God's got a plan for you. And the situations we go through are only going to make us stronger, you know, stronger that, than failure. That was... That was one of the things that I was going to say, too, about it. I consider every bump in the road that I've had to only be more knowledge for me to put in my pocket for the next time something like that arises. I'm mm. ready. I've been there. You know, so failure's not an option. It's just knowledge you're taking in and That's putting it. in your pocket. And then, like you said before, is you're able to pass that knowledge on. Because no matter what we go through, we're going to encounter people who are going through the same situation whether it's then, previously, or they're coming into, where you pass that on, and it makes their journey so much more easy. Absolutely. 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 Derwin, I know we're getting down. What time is it right now? How much time we got left? All right, so perfect. We can be wow, up. it's been slow with that phone tonight. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> there's so much more that's water. here. <laughs> He's enthralled over here himself. Derwin's yeah. like, man, can I afford these horseback riding lessons? He's over at It sounds pretty good now. <laughs> now right. Well, then, I still got one question I'm going to wait. It's going to be like a surprise question. I'm going to wait till the end for that one. Okay. Now, so if someone was wanting to get into this business, what, what would you tell them? Like, is it? Easy to get into. Should they get into it now? I mean, it does take a lot of money to start up. I mean, what a couple of things right there. Wow. Um, so that that's kind of a hard question. I, I think what I would advise somebody to do is if they wanted to get into this is to go work with somebody else. You know, there's a lot of schools out there that they tell you that they can give you, you know, oh, you can graduate and, and do this job. I, I say no. I say you need to go get with a professional who knows what they're doing. You need to work for them. If it's working for free, if it's whatever, you know, that it's like going to college. It's that knowledge that you get from actually being in there, you know, cleaning stalls, mm. brushing the horses, you know, all of that stuff that you learn. That would be my find somebody who's a good professional and beg them to work for them. You know, well, if you really yeah. are serious about it and you really want to do it, you know, I definitely. If it means working for nothing, you you I go. I did that very thing when I was in college. I used to muck stalls for mm-hmm. one of the local docks that had a place down in Rocky Mount. 
all Sunday, all Sunday, half my entire day was mucking stalls and cleaning out his swimming pool, and just so I could ride in the afternoon. Just so you could ride in the afternoon. Yeah. That's the, and it, and that's truly the way to learn is just to be in the trenches and do it. Mm-hmm. You know, it, you, there's there's no knowledge like that experience. So that was definitely what I would tell somebody. You know, definitely. I but I, but I will say that I see a lot of people that say I want to do this, and they write on a piece of paper. I think one of the worst things that you can say when you're looking looking for something is I want a job and I want to do this this and this like you don't want to do the other stuff yeah. uh-uh. nobody wants you then right. you need to say I'll do anything yep all right, I've got. That's usually question. what you'll end up doing. <laughs> <laughs> Any and everything, yeah. But, but you earn respect, right. and you'll climb the ladder. Yeah, you know. And the people love you a lot. Mm-hmm. More. Oh, yeah. Absolutely, like said, they you respect earn their respect. You. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, the tough question for you. Uh-huh. Who's your favorite brother? Ah! <laughs> oh, let's see what's today. It's Billy's birthday month, so. Oh, okay. <laughs> Sorry, Vic. <laughs> I, I, I just, I can't say enough about my family. I am just so blessed. You're jokingly saying that, but. Yeah, well, I'm just saying, uh, I got a phone call. I'm not saying I got a phone he call. He said that, my <laughs> bratty little brother. That's the baby there picking on me. Oh, All right, Vic, I hear you. I should have been prepared for that. Yeah, that's okay because I'm the favorite aunt. Don't worry, Damon's a favorite uncle. That's the ongoing joke in our family. Yeah, he's sitting over there like, what in the heck are they talking about? But it's always, who's the favorite? Who's the favorite? Yep. Yeah. All right, Vic. I'm going to remember that one. Billy, your brother just snookered you right there. And Billy, you still won. <laughs> Right, we are winding down, Steph, so I'll tell you what. Tell everybody how they can get in contact with you. If they want to do anything in that business as far as the boarding horses, wanting to get the training, whatever it is they get, they do, tell them how they can contact you, all your social media, or where you, they can go. So we are on Facebook um, at Steppin' Free Stables. We have a website also that you can reach out to, or you can call my daughter, Victoria, and her number is 678-796-5618. Am I right on that, Damon? Yeah. Five six one eight seven nine six five six one eight, and um, her name is Victoria, and she's handling all that end of it now. Perfect. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you for coming in, Steph. You have been amazing. I'm glad that you came in. Everyone, thank you for tuning in, listening to us tonight, and remember, you are stronger than failure. Stronger Than Failure, where we provide you with in-depth interviews with entrepreneurs on their struggles, victories, goals, and how they got started. We also give you the best tips, hacks, and information on sales, network marketing, credit, and mindset mastery. Entrepreneur and author, Danny Cole. Stronger Than Failure.